0: Well, we break down the new proposal and unveil a one-of-a-kind ranking system with my next guest right here. It's time it's for it. the College Football Legends Podcast. The players, we're gonna hit somebody and we're taking it down the field, protecting us. Okay, I guarantee right. you that. The coaches, no man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays, there goes Davis! Oh my God! Davis is going go go. running all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. Give me a follow on Twitter at The Sports Jesus. That's at The Sports Jesus. The month is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and BetOnline is where you can find it. From basketball to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and features, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off for pitch... Head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. College football has had many twists and turns on the road to crown a national champion. After grinding with no uniform postseason system, the BCS arrived in 1998. This meant that college football finally had a yearly national championship game where the top two ranked teams based on the BCS rankings would battle in one of the four bowls. The BCS adjusted to a plus-one format in 2006, where the national champion was a specific game held and not one of the four BCS bowls. Then in 2014, the college football playoff was born, with a committee ranking the top four teams in the land and did not rely on the BCS computer rankings. And in the current four-team format, four teams have dominated those spots. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma have combined for an eye popping 20 of the 28 CFP berths since its inception in 2014. After those big four, Notre Dame has two playoff berths, with Oregon, FSU, Georgia, Washington, LSU, and Michigan State all with one. Conferences have dominated the playoff scene as well. The ACC and SEC lead with eight appearances, the Big Ten with five, Big 12 has four, and the Pac 12 has just two. So now, the College Football Playoff Committee is looking to expand to a 12-team format, which will be great news for non-Power 5 teams who have dominated in the past, like the 2017 and 2018 UCF Knights, who finished undefeated both years, and even last season, where Cincinnati was ranked 8th, and Coastal Carolina landed at number 12 in the final CFP rankings. And there's no one better to sort it all out than my special guest on the show, Steve Hegel from JustCollegeFootball.net. Thanks for joining me, Steve.
1: Great. Thanks for, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Will college football fans get what they want as it was announced that the college football playoff committee will consider expanding the current 14 field to a 12-team format? The proposal calls for a bracket to include the sixth highest ranked conference champs plus the sixth highest ranked other teams as determined by the CFP's selection committee. Do You think it's time for expansion?
1: Yeah, I do. I definitely do. I know a lot of people, I saw some comments on Twitter uh, that people were against it, um, some, of course, for it. But I think personally that they should probably go to six or eight, not immediately to 12, but I can see their thinking, in fact, that if they're going to make the jump, why not go all the way in and not have to do it again in three to five years? So, you know, going to 12 is definitely opens up. the. Basically, there was a quote from the Coastal Carolina head coach uh, just the other day I read that basically says now he can go out and start recruiting and telling people, Hey, we have a chance.
0: Absolutely.
1: To compete for the national championship. If we can win our conference and because they finished 12th last year in the final ranking. So you can say that to all your recruits say, Hey, we have a chance every year to win the national championship. If we get in the playoff, you know, and we can win our, you know, conference championship game every year. So that's great for the group of five schools. Um, it gives them more exposure. And I think it also opens up for more, you know, SEC, ACC teams. Whereas rarely um has there ever been other than sec i don't think there has been any well technically last year with notre dame and clemson because notre dame was in the acc but more than two teams in one conference being the final four so you know that gives the opportunity for the pac-12 to get get more representation along with the, uh, you know mountain west and some other conferences as well
0: the more the merrier and yeah. will the race to grab the four first round buys make the regular season even more exciting
1: oh i think it definitely will um i saw a Another quote from another coach, I'm trying to remember the coach, I can't uh, quote, but he said, and he had a good point, it's going to be more like, uh, like kind of like the middle of October to the end of November is going to be like, every game is going to be so much more important and more teams are going to be in it. So you're going to see that the entire top 25 when the college football playoff rankings come out is going to be thinking themselves. hey, if we just keep winning, people are going to, some teams are going to lose, we have a chance to get in that final 12, you know, and I think that's going to be huge where most teams will be like, okay, let's kind of sail through the season a little bit, try to make a bowl game. but now. That chance to get in the playoff and win the championship, especially for like those third, fourth place finishers in the in the SEC, normally it would be behind Alabama and Georgia, you know, or LSU. Now they're sure. gonna be like, hey, we got a chance to get in the playoff, and you never know. Once you get in the playoff, it's kind of it's going to be interesting. A lot of people are downgraded, but it's, it could be like the NFL playoffs, and I think it will be where it's like you know, it's only one game you have to beat somebody. You have to beat them five times, so you know,
0: exactly. The the
1: same. You only have to beat them one time in the playoff. You win, you know, you win a couple games with the champion. I like the home home format for the first round with five, six, seven, and eight hosting a game. So yeah, you get um, that
0: extra advantage,
1: extra advantage, an extra game, you know, and, and, and that could be huge. Somebody, you know, somebody like Ohio state or Notre Dame gets a home game. That's humongous, you know, for their team.
0: Exactly. And do you think it will hurt an independent team like Notre Dame that won't play in a conference championship?
1: I think it definitely will. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they, I don't know if they'd ever join the ACC. I think they're, I mean, the they got. I feel
0: like they got some help last year playing in the ACC championship game.
1: They they did, um, they definitely did. Um, and I, I think, I, I think it will hurt them. I, I don't know if it's gonna, if it's gonna ever change their mind in terms of joining a conference. Um, I think there's, I don't quote, I think there's six or seven ind- only six or seven independents. So, um, you know, there's not many independents out there. So it's 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 gonna be tough for them. If a team like BYU, would it hurt them if they have a season like they did last year? Of course, they lost toward the end of the season, but if they go undefeated, you know, would they somehow get pushed out because they're not in a conference? So that'll be interesting to see as the as time moves on too yeah. in the future. They have another great season like that and somehow get pushed out because they're not in the conference. But yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely more important to be a conference because you can fight for that being in that conference championship game. And then if you win that conference championship game, boom, you know you're a uh, major conference you're going to be in. So the next two years nothing's going to change. But after that, it could take place as soon as that year. Of course, it it could be it could delay it longer than that. So we'll see. I would be surprised if they don't try to get it out there sooner than later.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would love for it to be implemented just this year, to be honest with you.
1: And we're, <laughs>
0: we're speaking with Steve Hegel from JustCollegeFootball.net. So with six conference champions guaranteed a spot, that means a non-Power 5 team would make the college football playoff for the first time. Do you like this format, and is it the best way for a non-Power 5 team to get in?
1: Yeah, I think it definitely is. I mean, they, fin- they finish in that sixth spot. I mean, they're going to be in automatically. Um, they'd even host most likely host yeah host the home game in the playoff which would be a huge boom for them even if they're playing like an SEC team i can ima- i can imagine how how great that would go over with a small school you know non power 5 teams fan base i mean that would be incredible for them and for recruiting and for everything else so i i think it's definitely a great decision by the committee to do to expand and do this
0: Exactly, because four teams have finished in the top 12 of the final CFP rankings, including Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina last year. And we were talking about the Pac-12 a little bit ago. Six conference champions are guaranteed a spot in the CFP, according to the proposal. But no particular conference champ is an automatic qualifier. All this could mean that the Pac-12 continues its CFP struggles. Is this the year a real contending Pac-12 team stands up?
1: Um, this year, I think a Pac-12 team will not make it again into the final four. I think when they get to 12, I think you'll see regularly at least one Pac-12 team in the final 12 each year to make the playoff. But as, as long as it stands at four, I think it's going to be really difficult for a Pac-12 team to make the final, uh, playoff. I think the only way they do it is just to go undefeated. I, I just, and, and when the, and maybe, maybe one non-conference loss, go undefeated in the conference and win the conference championship game. That would be the best hope for any Pac-12 team, I think, at this point.
0: Well, the Pac-12 has accounted for just two of the 28 CFP bursts since it began in 2014. And we're speaking with Steve Hegel from JustCollegeFootball.net. Now, under the proposal, a team could play a total of 17 games in a season with 12 regular season games, one conference championship, and four CFP games if they don't have a bye. Do you think that's too many games?
1: No, because as you see, the NFL is going to expand expanding this year to 17 games. Then you throw the playoffs in. there's 20 or maybe even 21, depending on the NFL playoffs. Uh, if you get to the Super Bowl as a wild card. Um, no, I think it's OK. I mean, I think you're and I've heard even talked to the NFL now going to 18 games in 2025 20, or in the future beyond that. So I think it's definitely OK. Yeah, I think it's the right decision. And I think I think it's it's going to be good for the for college football as a whole. I mean, you're probably not going to expand the season too much. Uh, one of my thoughts too, is I'll just throw this in there. That I think slowly the bowl games are going to fade a little bit. Mm. Um, some of these bowl games are going to be taken away with the advent of the, <laughs>
0: there's so bowl many of them. To begin yeah, with. So of them.
1: Yeah. Everybody says, well, they'll never go away. I don't think they'll ever go away, but I think they're definitely uh, some of the middle tier bowl games are going to be pushed to the side um, because basically um, these playoff games are going to take precedence over them. So on like a, certain weekend, like that first weekend of five versus 12 and uh, six versus 11, seven versus 10 and eight versus nine games. You could have them all like on Friday and Saturday and then NFL's on Sunday. So I don't think any other bowl games would happen that weekend. So I think it would eliminate maybe probably just a handful of bowl games, maybe five, you know, five to 10, 10 at most, probably like five, five um, are those teams that, you know, would normally play in like the you know, Orange Bowl, because I think that they might change the bowls and it, it's 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 hard to decide what they're going to do because they might push the there's bowl games to like kind of like being that kind of game. Like a home game for Notre Dame is called the such and such bowl, you know, or a home game for Ohio State is called the such and such bowl. I don't think they're going to do that, though. I think they're just going to eliminate like a handful of bowl games eventually. No, so. yeah,
0: that'd be interesting. And also, like we were talking about with the number of games, no team in major college football history has played more than 16 games in a season. Yale and Penn played 16. But we're all prior to NCAA records. And since 1936, the AP poll era, teams have played a maximum of 15 games. So it's going to be something to keep an eye on. We're speaking with Steve Hegel from JustCollegeFootball.net. So college football's postseason history has been an ongoing process. In 1998, we got the BCS. 2006 brought us the BCS Plus One. And finally, the college football playoff was born in 2014. What was the best system to date?
1: I think the college football playoffs to date is the best system uh, because you have four teams uh, with a legitimate chance to win the championship. You know, you have to win two games, semifinal, and then championship. I think it's definitely the best system. I wasn't totally in agreement with the BCS plus one or the BCS, so I think this is the best going you know going forward. Of course, now they're going to expand it to twelve teams, which is even better. So now twelve teams have a chance, realistic chance of winning the championship. You know, come the finish of the regular season every year.
0: Yeah, eliminates that controversy, especially with the BCS system. And now the current deal pays out between 500 and $600 million per year for seven games. That includes the New Year's Six, which includes two semis, plus the national championship game. And according to USA Today, the 2018-2019 postseason paid out $549 million. In the end, won't money be the driving factor for expansion?
1: Yeah, it definitely will. And um, I think you're going to see some huge television contracts start to be talked about in the next <laughs> couple of months. Uh, if the 12-team expansion goes through, um, you're going to uh, ESPN is going to have to renegotiate. Um, you might get some of the other major networks involved too. I know ESPN pretty much holds all the um, rights to all the major bowl games now, um, so we'll see if that changes in the future. But yeah, definitely money's money's definitely going to be a factor.
0: <laughs> money, money, money. Uh, so simply put, a 12-team playoff could be worth 862 million with the 2018-2019 numbers, with a total value upwards to two billion. Wow. I know we all can't wait to find out, so we'll be checking in regularly at collegefootball.net. Let's get into your website and all its great content. The one thing that jumped out at me was your college football rating system. Can you tell me a little bit about what went into it and how it works?
1: Yeah, a lot of thought went into it. Uh, a lot of time. <laughs> oh, you could um, tell. <laughs> yeah, so I have a rating system for all 130 FBS teams. It'll kick off this season. Uh, it'll be updated on a weekly basis. Um, and it think of anything in terms of the old uh sagarin rankings and the bcs computer rankings everything plus a lot of other integral factors i've put in as well um and i'm going to do it like i said update each week so you'll know i know the college football playoff committee only updates there is about what they start about the seventh or eighth week of the season yeah they and start later things, on yeah they go from there so i'm going to start first week of the season so you'll know each week who the top four teams are going to be according to my uh rating system and um yeah, I'm looking forward to a great season and anxious of course for the college football playoff now with it looks like they're going to expand to 12 teams and that'll, you know, be even more weight to the rating system that I built.
0: Yeah, definitely and we're all looking forward to it. But first, uh, how is it weighted?
1: Um eight different fa- uh, seven different factors, um one strength of schedule, um you got the factor of determining how many points you won by or you lost by. Um, I have a home home or away um, factor you played a home game or away game neutral factor uh factored in as well so if you play a neutral field game i know there's a lot of neutral field games on the first weekend especially in the college football season also have a factor if it's a conference or non-conference game so that um i think that plays a role too in the season depending on how teams uh schedule in it it's going to be interesting too in the future too not to get away from the topic but it and now the teams are going to schedule i think much harder knowing uh there's more opportunity for a couple of losses during the season in college football uh if they pass the um the expansion into you know, to 12 teams. Oh, so yeah, we, we got some
0: huge non conference games coming up with like Notre Dame, Cincinnati, Georgia Clemson. So yeah, that's a good way to uh factor in.
1: And the last last factor is like a wild card factor, you know, if you have plus minus and turnovers, um, and a couple other things I I I rolled into there in terms of like uh you know passing offense, passing defense. So it's kind of like a the wild card feature of it. So it'd be interesting to see how it, I've 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 done some research and Played with it uh, through last season's results, and it's kind of hard with last season just because of the mixed season and a lot of cancellations. But I like where I, where I am with it, and I'm anxious to get the season started and see what happens.
0: Yeah, well, I love it, and I look forward to see how it compares to the other rankings, and of course, the final college playoff field. And we'll get into more college football playoffs right after this. My favorite four-letter word: meet. That's why I love moink. The best bacon, the best steak, the best chicken, and even the best salmon you'll ever eat won't come from the grocery store. You'll find it on the family farm and caught by independent Alaskan fishermen. That's why you need MoinkBox.com. Join the Moink movement today. Go to MoinkBox.com slash believe and listeners to this show get free bacon for a year With every box order, that's how can you go wrong with free bacon? That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste. But for a limited time, go to moinkbox.com, spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash believe. That's moinkbox.com slash believe. Welcome back to Believe in College Football Legends podcast. I'm Chris Smith, and we have on the show Steve Hegel from JustCollegeFootball.net, your one-stop shopping for all your college football needs. So your rating system pumped out a top ten with Alabama number one at ninety four points, followed by Clemson at two, Oklahoma three, Georgia four, Ohio State five, Texas A and M six, North Carolina notches in at number seven, Iowa State at eight, Cincy at nine, and Notre Dame at ten with just thirty nine points. Would that be your personal top ten as well?
1: That'd be my personal top ten. Yeah, the points factor is is, is kind of it's kind of like a misnomer um basically that's just the top 10 for the preseason uh for in my in my vantage from my vantage point um so there's not really any points factor kind of labels on there but it's more like just everybody's at zeros because they haven't played a game yet so yeah um, yeah yeah, everybody's
0: a winner already everybody's got a chance right at this time
1: everybody's got like like roy williams said in college basketball is carolina he always said everybody starts the season zero and zero you know 350 some teams and then one team ends up champion you know in early april so yeah the points the points factor is not it's not that um, important, but the fact that's my preseason top 10. Um, and of course, you know, it'll, I'm sure change on a weekly basis, you know, this season.
0: Yeah. It'll, we'll be looking forward to checking out the website and seeing it change. Like you said, on a weekly basis, who do you think won't be in the top 10 come playoff time?
1: Good question. Um, I think Texas A&M. We'll not to Aggies. Hurt, yeah. Not to hurt Aggie fans feelings, <laughs> but I, I just think that brutal, brutal SEC slate. they are going to play. Uh yeah, they're going to they're going to they're going to topple a few times I believe. Oh. You know, two or three if not more. Yeah, it's it's just a such a brutal schedule. You just saw last year when the SEC teams played just a conference only schedule and how much, you know, that was certain each team. I know Texas A&M did well last year. They only lost one game to Alabama, but still, yeah, I think that brutal SEC slate is going to come back to haunt them.
0: Oh, bad news for Gig 'em Nation. And Heisman <laughs> voting is also on the website. Who is your pick right now to win the most coveted hardware in all of college football?
1: You know, I'm going to go out of limb. I'm going to say um, North Carolina, same How. Oh, uh, the UNC
0: I, Tar Heels get yeah, the uh, Heisman crazy. Trophy winner.
1: I think Matt Brown steadily has built that team in the last couple of years. Um, you know, this this looks like maybe maybe next year. Of course, he's got the Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback this year, so I think this might be the high point this year. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in that ACC championship game against Clemson. Uh, they don't play him in the regular season. But it'd be very interesting to see how they would face off. Uh, in the AC Championship game, they had the w- w- if they do meet. Um, so and I and you, as you saw, everybody saw last year, Clemson's backup. You know, who last year at Triple launch is no slouch. I mean, he's he's going to be right there as well in the Heisman Trophy voting. So
0: absolutely. You also have J T. Daniels of Georgia and Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma. Bryce Young, of course, you always got to include someone from Alabama. There's also a ton of college football preview articles, and I noticed many profiling some group of five schools. Who's your dark horse candidate from the G5?
1: Um, good question. Uh, I would have to say now Cincinnati I, after last season. I, I think this season, I think they're kind of like, they're kind of waiting in the wings. And I think they were kind of, you know, pushed to the side last season. They didn't, of course, didn't finish, had a great season, but didn't make the college football playoff. I think they're, 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 they're set to bring some upsets this season. I think they're going to catch some teams off guard.
0: Yeah, and well, I, they got that huge awesome. matchup, like I said, against Notre Dame. Desmond Ritter back, so it will be very interesting coming this fall. And what else will be featured on the website throughout the year?
1: Uh, Uh, Other things on the website will be, um, I'm going to have a podcast starting in early August, um, early mid-August before the season starts, weekly podcast with a college football personality on each week, and of course also discussing what happened in the week previous to college football. Um, And also, I will have another good feature will be uh, if you ever like going to games, I do like most fans do. I'm going to start, you know, making some trips this season, going to games and do a, like a kind of stadium review of all the stadiums. So I'm obviously not going to get to all the stadiums this year, but <laughs> uh, probably about 10 to 15 this year. So, nice. Nice. What's
0: your, yeah. what's your favorite stadium you've been at so far?
1: I've only been to a couple, so I can't really, I'm not going to really uh, comment on that. I've only been to I've been to Arizona State. I've been to Maryland uh, Navy. I, I haven't been to Maine, so I'm, I'm going to kind of start from scratch this year. Even the ones I, a couple I've been to, I'm going to go to again. I'm um, looking at opening weekend of going to uh, North Carolina State, uh, Wake Forest, and then coming back and going to Maryland. So that'd be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So three games in three days. Wow.
0: So, there you go. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to you documenting your journey. And yeah. I know I'm looking forward to more at justcollegefootball.net. I recommend everyone check it out. All right. It's time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. It's time to go three and out with Steve Hegel from JustCollegeFootball.net. Three lighter questions to close out the interview. All right, first, let's have a little fun and look at last year's teams and how they would have fared in the playoff under the proposed expansion. Now, the top 12 teams in the final CFP rankings would have gotten in, but Oklahoma would have been the major beneficiary as they would have received the fourth buy over Notre Dame since the Sooners were the fourth highest ranked conference champion. Also, two group of five teams make it, Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina. So let's go through the bracket. I'll give you the teams, and you give me the winners. Let's see if okay. That. All right. Like you said, though, remember, the higher seed in the first round gets a home game on their campus. So in the first round, we have number 9 Georgia heading to Cincinnati to take on the number 8 Bearcats. Who do you got?
1: I would take Cincinnati.
0: Ooh, I like
1: it. Yeah. I they're, the high, they, they're a
0: higher seeded team, too. And then... Coastal Carolina heads to South Bend to take on number five Notre Dame.
1: Much as I love to take Coastal Carolina, I got to take Notre Dame in that matchup. <laughs>
0: got to take the Irish. Oh man, that Coastal Carolina team—they look good. All right, and we also have number eleven Indiana headed to College Station to take on Texas A&M.
1: I go with Indiana pulling the upset.
0: Ooh, I like it. I like it. See, that's what's going to be great about this—the upsets. That's what we love about the Final Four and March Madness. And the last game in the first round would be number 10, Iowa State, heading to the swamp to take on number seven, Florida.
1: That's a tough one. That Uh, is a tough one.
0: Florida looked bad at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I still got to go Florida. I I think that would be a very, very close game. Florida would eat it out at the end.
0: All right. So then we head to the quarterfinals with Alabama, the number one seed who got a bye, taking on Cincinnati. Alabama. Alabama rolls along. (laughs) And then we have Notre Dame taking on Oklahoma, a heavyweight matchup.
1: I would take Oklahoma in that game the way they were playing toward the end of the season. They seemed like they they had a disastrous start, but after they got everything going, they they were humming along, and I, I would take Oklahoma in that game.
0: Yeah, they did have a good bowl game, that's for sure, against the Gators. And then we have one of the dark horses, Indiana, taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes.
1: Rematch from the regular season uh, when Ohio State beat them. It was close, I'd, I'd say. Same result um in the in the in the playoff game as well. I always would we'll win.
0: The Buckeyes move on. And the final quarterfinals is Florida versus Clemson. <sighs> yeah, Clemson didn't look
1: <laughs> didn't look good yeah. in the playoff. Still take Clemson just because of Travis EDN and Trevor Lawrence and that experience in big time game. Um I would take Clemson. i I think that would be very, very close as well, but I think I would take Clemson.
0: Wow. I would so- take- so we get down to the semifinals, which would be Alabama, Oklahoma, as we saw.
1: Uh, Alabama,
0: it just yeah, got Bama rolling along, and Ohio State, Clemson.
1: You know, hmm. if they play nine they played- times
0: out of ten, could Clemson actually take it? Could that was that the one huge game, one huge upset that the Buckeyes had in them?
1: Yeah, I saw the game in person the, the season before that when Clemson beat them in the semifinals. When Fields threw the interception at the end. And I want to say Ohio State. Um, because Ohio State could have easily won that game. It was a miss, you know. He he threw that ball and it was, the receiver ran the wrong route or fell down. I'm trying to remember exactly. But they could have won. They were driving down the field with a minute left. So they could have easily won that game they were down by like four points. They could have won that game. So I'm going to take Ohio State over Clemson.
0: All right. So we get the what happened in the 2020 national championship game, 2021 national championship game, Alabama versus Ohio State. And you have
1: I have Alabama, There's too many weapons, too many weapons.
0: Well, I like the upset. So it would be interesting with a 12 team format. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. I, and I think that's, and I think that's what's going to drive it. Um, will, will anybody get to overtake, you know, the kind of like Alabama, Clemson, the, t- the two of them. And of course you can throw Ohio state in there as well. Cause they're in their most seasons too in the playoff. Um, that's going to be the interesting part in the long run. But I think it, I think it could even out eventually because with like, the head coach for Coastal Carolina said, it, it helps you in recruiting and say, hey, we can play play for the national championship.
0: Sure, get it's the bigger blue chippers.
1: Know? Yeah, and, and not to mention some of these guys that want to go to like an Alabama or Clemson, if you're going to sit on the bench, you know, and now you, and you're you sitting on the bench or being a backup thinking you're not getting much playing time, but you might win a championship and get a championship ring, which not many players do in college football. So it's like that kind of goes away in the fact, hey, we can, I can go to a smaller school, play more, and then also still have a chance to win a championship. And I think it goes back to the same thing like March Madness. It's only one game they have to win against a top tier opponent. Of course, you got to win three or four to win a top championship, but one once, you know, one every week or 10 days, however they schedule, schedule it out if it works. And that's going to be the key. So if you just want to win a couple games, you know? Absolutely. So,
0: yeah. And number two, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little college basketball with you as well, <laughs> as we're both Hoop fans. With Roy Williams stepping down at North Carolina and now Coach K about to begin his last season at the helm of Duke. How much pressure is on the tobacco road replacements?
1: A ton. Uh, that's going to be very difficult for each of them to uh, moving forward. Uh, of course, John Shire now has um like he's like kind of like has a uh, timeline. He knows in three hundred and some days. <laughs> he's, <laughs> taking he's taking over. He's, yeah, he's taking over. So Hubert Davis was just. Um, I don't know if Roy Williams had talked to him and talked to the administration beforehand. It seemed like it was more impromptu with Roy just deciding. You know, I don't. I kind of like they had a not the best season. He's kind of like, you know what? I think it's finally time for me to step aside. But Huber Davis was the assistant for a long time. So he, I mean, he's groomed and ready. Um, and they're, they're both him and both Huber Davis and John Shire, both able recruiters. It's more or less going to be come down to the X's and O's uh, and, and the college basketball has changed a lot in the last just 24 to 36 months and how big the transfer portal is now, you know, recruiting is, is still very, um, very like tough, but at the same time, it's, it's changed a lot. It's just changed a lot in the last couple of years. You know, with now you have the G League and all these other yeah, I mean all these leagues are coming up. It's just like there's so much more competition for these players. So it's gonna be interesting. And now guys don't play in one in the first year and then they transfer. So I thought Walker Kessler who played for North Carolina this past season, had a great season, then boom, he's transferred to Auburn. So I don't I don't yeah. And he got I mean, he wouldn't start every game, but he got he got good a good amount of playing time. So and you saw the Duke player toward the end of season, I believe J- Jalen Johnson opted out like what, with a month left in the season sure. just to go pro. So it's just a different world now. So it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to uh, progress, and that that's going that's going to be the hardest thing uh, for each of those coaches moving forward to keep to not only get the guys to commit to come to keep them there, you know,
0: exactly. So, I think
1: that's going to be for every coach in college basketball, not just the two of them, but even more so the two of them because they're in such a such big markets, you know, and such you know the blue bloods of college basketball. So yeah,
0: it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out with those two legendary programs. And finally, I'm a foodie. You travel around a lot. What is one place to grab a meal that you can't wait to get back to?
1: A great place to always go is, and they're spending nationally, so is a place called Mission Barbecue.
0: Ooh, I have uh, heard of that, and I have not been there yet.
1: If you like barbecue, any kind of uh, pit beef or pulled pork or anything, smoked chicken, any, anything like that, uh, great sides. It's not expensive. You know, 10 to $15 gets you a full meal with a drink and everything. They're great. Uh, you can get carry out and you can eat in there. I mean, depending on the restrictions and where you are. Um, there's a couple of ones and the ones around here are open. But there's there's a lot in Maryland and they started in Maryland and uh, they're slowly expanding a lot. I know there's, I've been to one in Pennsylvania. There's they're up and down the East Coast and they're slowly expanding out toward the Midwest as well. So That's great it. place, great food, uh, you know, always every day um, at 12 o'clock. They play the national anthem, so if you're in there at twelve o'clock, everybody stands and sings the national anthem. So,
0: oh, absolutely fantastic! That's, that's such.
1: And they, they get, if you're a veteran or you know veterans, they always give veterans discounts, um, you know, on Veterans Day and on their birthdays and you know everything else. So my dad's a veteran, so he goes there and I want to go on the holidays because then he can eat, he can eat for free.
0: Oh, <laughs> so. well, thank him for his, for his service from us.
1: Yeah. Thank you, are So, yeah, so he gets, maybe, maybe not the whole meal. I think he just gets, I pause. I think he just gets the same. That's sandwich. okay, rack of ribs that's, or that's, something. That's good enough for him. That's good enough for him. <laughs> so. Well, if you're
0: ever in St. Louis, if you ever get a chance to go to St. Louis, I got a great barbecue place you wouldn't think it would be in St. Louis, but Pappy's Barbecue in St. Louis, it is my go-to whenever I'm there. Okay. So you can't go wrong with a little barbecue. And we've been speaking with Steve Hegel from JustCollegeOfFootball.net. Make sure you check out justcollegefootball.net. It's up and going, podcasts coming out, and of course, the ranking systems and so much more. Thanks for joining me, Steve.
1: Uh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: And of course, Believe in College Football Legends is presented by Bet Online. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at thesportsjesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh,